Hello, y'all, and welcome to Jackalope Tales, Urban Legends and Music. I'm your host, Charles Mooney. And I'm Lisa Umbarger. And with us today are our production crew, Jenny, Jeannie, and on the board, Green Eggs and Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how's everything going for you? It's going good. Yeah, we're going to have a dark episode. I like the dark episodes. Yeah. Dark works good, doesn't yep. it? I think we work well in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We've kind of been talking about, what's that thing called? TikTok? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> or talk tick. Man, <laughs> I have been getting so little sleep because I'm down this rabbit hole called yeah. cart narcs. You turned me on to this. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was just like, what the hell? But it hit home for me because I am one, I take my cart back. Right. So anyone who has not seen cart narcs on TikTok, you have to look at it. Oh, you must. So the premise is uh, there's a guy that patrols parking lots in Walmarts or any place that's a big box kind of store. And any time anyone leaves their carts, he walks up to them. And he's got a flashlight. You know the the lights that they use when they... um, Oh, direct traffic? Yeah, direct traffic, like an airplane. Mm -hmm. And he turns it on, and he's like, beep, boop, beep, boop. And he walks up to them. Oh, I love that, because he's like, wee 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 Like a a siren. (laughs) (laughs) And he walks up to the cart and motions to the person in the car and is like, hey, you left your cart. (laughs) <laughs> and usually it creates an altercation. Oh, my God, it does. That I yeah. am there for every single day because I'm a good citizen, mm-hmm. not a lazy bones. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <He calls them. laughs> You're just being a lazy bones. Right. You're being a lazy bones. And then when they get mad, they're a mad bones or an angry bones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love his flags and magnets. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Have any of you guys seen that in the production crew? I'm not seeing carton arcs, but I'm super interested. Oh my god! It's oh, so genius! No, it really is good. I have raised carton arc children. Oh, they uh. they yell at people from inside oh. the car. Wow. Now you just need the magnetic stickers to throw at people. So they have uh, <laughs> magnetic stickers. So yeah. when they refuse, which they 100% refuse. Oh yeah. To put their carts up. Instead, mm-hmm. they will spend 30 minutes arguing rather than just putting their cart away. Yeah. He's got these magnetic stickers when they're pulling out and he's <clears throat> standing there with their cart. He throws a magnetic sticker on their hood or on the back of the car <laughs> that says, I'm a jerk who doesn't put away my cart and it's got a <laughs> phone number to call. <laughs> and inevitably... Every single time he throws the sticker, they get out of their car and they want to fight him. No. So everyone needs to check that out. It's huge, and I don't know why I didn't know about it before, but it's my favorite right oh, now. Oh, I know. And that's actually not the dark part of this episode. It's not. It's <laughs> no. the funny part. Well, the dark part is when they threaten to kill him and try and— Oh, that is. There's one where he's in Texas, and they go to get a gun, and he's like, oh, we're done. You're good. You're good. He doesn't even try and give him a sticker or a flag or anything. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'll, I'll put your card away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Changed his situation real right. quick. He's like the Ned Flanders of uh, parking lot patrol because he doesn't change his tone or anything. He's he's real friendly and happy. Oh and yeah, uses he, nice words. And, oh yeah, while they're saying fuck you and all this stuff, right. he's just like hey 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 neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Flanders, perfect. Right. Yeah. Oh man, which is so funny when we're leading into what the subject matter is for this episode. I know serial killers and. The music around them. Some could have been inspired by music. 
So, yeah. Or some have the actual grace and touch of the serial killer, yeah. if you want to call it. That is so insane. <laughs> it's true. So this is going to be a dark episode. It will be. So, does there need to be a trigger warning on this one? Let's just say that if serial killers freak you out. Trigger warning. Yeah. Fast yeah. forward to the uh, Lone Star salute. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get started. Um, yeah. The first one is Blondie and Bundy. Debbie Harry of Blondie Mm -hmm. claims that she was almost a victim of the serial killer Ted Bundy. Whoa, because Ted Bundy killed, oh my gosh, 20-something Quite a few. Yeah, Yeah, he was was, uh, considered the handsome serial killer, which that's such a weird thing. Serial killing would probably make you (laughs) non-swoon proof. (laughs) I think so. Uh, Debbie's talked about this a lot, and... I'm going to read part of her account of that evening. I was trying to get a cab in the Lower East Side of the village in New York, and it was kind of late. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get across town for an after-hours club. A little white car pulls up, and the guy offers me a ride. So I just continued to flag a cab down, which, you know what? Do that. Yeah. I don't know what would make you do anything other than that. No, that seems like the smart move. But she goes on to say that he was very persistent, so she gets in the car. And Mm -hmm. surprise, surprise, and this is just mine. This is where I tell the account. There was no door handle, no window crank. Oh, my God. Oh, the days with window cranks. Right. Yeah. So this is in the early 70s. That kind of freaked her out. Mm -hmm. But the window was rolled down a crack, so she gets this crazy idea. She's going to stick her skinny little arm out the window crack. Yeah. And open the door from the outside. So when she does that, he speeds up and goes around a corner real fast. And Debbie spills out into the middle of the road. (laughs) What? Yeah. So she's thrown from the car into the middle of the street. And because Debbie's a badass, in my story, I don't know if I couldn't find out what she did afterwards. But I'm hoping she went to that after hours club. Yeah. Just like a badass. She's like, okay, <laughs> this is just part of my evening. I'm going. <laughs> oh, God. And, of course, as Ted Bundy drives off, he says, call me. Oh. For Pete's sake. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what influenced that song. Exactly. <gasps> that's a jackalope tale Oh, in my itself. God. A connection. Yep. It See? is. Uh, there's always got to be a connection. Right? <laughs> yep. So. so this all happened before Debbie was in a band. Yeah. And before Ted was a known serial killer. Right. So she saw a picture of him later and she's like, oh, my God, that's the guy. And that's how she figured it out. Dang. But yeah. she also says that her story has been debunked by people who debunk things or whatever. <laughs> debunkers? Yes, debunkers. <laughs> Archie debunkers? Yeah. <laughs> because the debunkers say that he wasn't even in New York at the time, but she thinks that they're wrong because that was him. Hmm. And she thinks that nobody thoroughly investigated where he was on the East Coast at the time. Yeah. And um, I kind of believe Debbie. Yeah. Because punk rock has never let me down. No, no. You can always rely on I punk. rely on punk rock. Yeah. I believe Debbie in the story. I believe that she really did have an encounter with Ted Bundy. That's crazy. It makes you appreciate things that you can get out of that car. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I know. Can, yeah. I can tell you right now, my big old fat arm, I would have to do something else because my arm's not fitting through a crack in the window. <laughs> it's just like down an inch. Uh, Use a but, 
Doc Martin boot to cook, kick right. out the window. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't have gotten in the car either. No, right? Just wait on that cab. Right. No, I, I mean, know. what the heck, man? I mean, if he's being persistent and jerky, what's going to make you change your mind? <laughs> no, right? Shouldn't that be a red flag? Right. You would think. But that was a good one. Uh, now, the one I have, I'm calling it Charles in Charge. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> So, You're very welcome. Yay. This is all about, have you heard of him, Charles Manson? Ooh, one of the Charles Manson gang, one of the women, was yeah. just released recently. Really? Yeah. Good Lord. So this is timely. God, they've been in jail a long time. 50 years at least. Man. And of course, Charles died in prison, so yay But he for still that. lives in everyone's hearts? Yeah. Does but... he? I don't know. Well, he's definitely an influence in music. Ooh, let's hear it. I know. So the Charles Manson, he really has this history of manipulating. He was a conspiracy theorist, and mm-hmm. he, of course, ruthless killer. And <laughs> before he was uh, even sentenced to life in prison, he did aspire to be a professional musician. So I guess he had some music that he just wanted to get out. But he and his family of followers, they did end up spending time with some of the most significant artists of the late 60s. So before they even started doing murders and things like that, they were just kind of this little cult. And Manson, he even made a studio album. Really? Yeah. And it was a commercial flop. Hmm. I wonder why. I know. Probably. All the swastikas and whatnot. Yeah, probably. But uh, one of the albums that was a huge influence on him was the Beatles' White Album. And I know you're a huge Beatles fan. Uh, That's a jackalope tale. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it turned out that the White Album was a big motivation for Manson to start doing a lot of crimes. So in 1969, Manson ordered members of his family to kill a house full of people. And it included Sharon Tate. Right. Who was an actress then. Right. And it also, the Folgers coffee heiress, Abigail Folger, was there too. I didn't remember that she was there. That's crazy. Isn't it? I know. So uh, there was um, also a mass murder done the following night. And the reason why they started seeing the correlation to the White Album is that with the victim's blood, they wrote on the wall, rise. Another wall, they wrote Piggies. Another wall, they wrote Helter Skelter, which yeah. all referred to the White Album and songs that were on that album. And so Manson kind of misunderstood the several of the songs on the White Album, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, but he thought that the songs were foreshadowing a gruesome, apocalyptic race war. Oh. Did I say apocalyptic? Yeah. Apocalyptic. How about that? But I think apocalyptic works because it's pop music. Yeah. Oh, fiddlesticks. So, yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, for example, the song Helter Skelter, he thought referenced the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And Revolution Number 9 and the song Piggies predicted the violent overthrow of the white man. So, crazy thoughts from a crazy person. But... Another thing is he also had a history with the drummer of the Beach Boys, Dennis Wilson. Yeah. So the story is on that 
is before all the murders had started. In the summer of 1968, Dennis Wilson is driving around in California, and he picks up two hitchhikers. And the two hitchhikers happen to be a part of the Manson, quote-unquote, family. Mm -hmm. So he dropped the ladies off at their home, and it was where Manson was. And he went inside and met Manson. And the two became fast friends. They bonded over music and marijuana. I mean, who doesn't? M&Ms. Right. Yeah. Bonding over M&Ms. And the family, this is kind of funny, because then Manson and his family quickly moved into Wilson's house. Holy (laughs) crap. I know. It's like you befriend someone, and then all of a sudden they're knocking at your door and they want to come in. Can you imagine what a shit show that would be with all of them hanging out? I know. That's why I don't make friends. They're dirty hippies. I don't want anyone coming over. (laughs) 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 And anyway, they quickly moved into Wilson's house, which I'm sure was way better than their place. And Wilson ended up providing them with all the stuff they needed, including a huge medical bill when gonorrhea spread through the house. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, there's nothing worse than gonorrhea spreading through the house. He got it, too? I mean, they were still friends. And Wilson later invited Manson to record some of Manson's songs in Wilson's studio. But, of course, it ended up going bad because, I mean, if you can't already tell, Manson did have a little bit of an anger issue because he pulled a knife during the sessions because he hated the producers messing with his music. Oh, God. Yeah, he didn't like any input. So I'm what gonorrhea makes your makes you a little nutty too, right? <laughs> yeah. Not to not to write everything off, but so, so I've heard. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, finally the family moved out of the Wilson house and left him with damaged property. They had stolen stuff. Actually, Wilson got Manson back later on because. In uh, another part of 1968, when the Beach Boys were recording their album 2020, he used Manson's song that was titled Cease to Exist, and he changed some of the lyrics and titled it Never Learn Not to Love. So it a Manson song ended up on a Beach Boy album, but with different lyrics. Huh. Well... Can you imagine that may have pissed Manson off? Yes. So later, Wilson found a bullet on his bed. Oh, God. (laughs) And Manson claimed he did put it there. He said, quote, unquote, I gave him a bullet because he changed the words to my song. So I guess he didn't like what he did with it. It could have been worse. Yeah? It could have been way worse. Yeah. (laughs) It could have been. I mean, a bullet on the bed. Hey. I mean, bands have been influenced by this. Charles Manson deal. The Lemonheads, who we opened for a long time ago at the Axis, they've covered a Manson song. Guns N' Roses covered a Manson song. And uh, Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, when he was recording the album Broken, he even rented the Sharon Tate house uh, where the murders had happened to record the album. Yeah. I know. Now, the interesting thing, though, is that he ended up meeting Sharon Tate's sister while they were doing the recording. Yeah. And she was just asking about, um, why are you doing this? And he said that he went home and just fell apart and started crying that evening. And then they ended up moving out the whole studio the next day. 
And then in 1994, the Tate House was demolished, so no one would ever think of Recorded Nine Inch Nails songs. Yeah, exactly. But that's the story on Manson. That is so crazy. I know, right? But I really do think that Brian Wilson is lucky that nothing nothing happened to him. Like, seriously. Oh, yeah. No because, kidding. I mean, they were so crazy, and they it seemed like they were targeting stars. Mm-hmm. But I, they must have loved music so much and admired him so much, they laid off. Yeah. I know. There's no telling. Because Brian did piss him off, it sounds like. That's oh. strange. I didn't even hear that part of the story. I knew that he hung out with him. Oh, I thought yeah. it was more brief than that, and I didn't realize that they moved in with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like God. they found a wealthy friend, and they're like, okay, we're moving into your house. That's and it's so like, crazy. oh, my God, can you imagine answering the door, and there's this whole family right, just ready to move in. So, right. Hey, but that's the power of music and marijuana. Yeah. You become good friends, and then you just start moving in with each other. It's kind of like when No Doubt moved in and lived on the floor of Mark's apartment. Oh, Drummer from the Toadies. Yeah. Stole all his comic books. Oh. We'll tell that story later. (laughs) (laughs) They're not serial killers, though. No, no, not even close. (laughs) And now I think we've got one more to talk about. Yeah, so this one's interesting. I saw an ad for a documentary on YouTube, and it's one that wasn't about UFOs, because I just associate UFOs and YouTube together, (laughs) because that's all I find there. Well, there's the you and you. Yes. Yeah. This documentary is called King Vaughn, Rap's First Serial Killer. Huh. Okay. Curiosity made me look for this documentary, and I found it. I I bailed after about an hour and a half into it. (laughs) Oh, my Um, God. And that's when I realized that it was three hours, three and a half hours. You know, I won't go to a movie theater to see a movie over two hours because I know I'm going to have to take a pee break. Right. So I'm like— no, I may as well wait for it to come out on video or, oh, God, that sounded old. Right. <laughs> this is like multiple people. For Pete's pee sake. Right. I know. This is multiple I'm waiting for breaks. it to come out on DVD. <laughs> and I don't want to say anything bad because King Von still has peeps out in the streets. And I don't. I, uh-uh. Don't get me, us in trouble. Yeah, you guys leave me alone. Yeah, we just um, do a simple podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, when I knew that there was two hours to go on this documentary, I'm out. Oh, God, you're right. Basically, the part that I saw was an English dude with a bad haircut, and he was reading King Vaughn's tweets, because King Vaughn was like crazy active on Twitter. Oh, really? And most of his tweets were connecting himself to murders. <laughs> oh, so okay. basically, King Vaughn snitched on himself for murdering people and tweeted about it. Yeah. Did not hide any of the details. Huh. He was proud of it. So proud. Dang. And the police said that they couldn't arrest him because they couldn't get anyone to corroborate. So he could have just said, oh, I was just doing crazy rants. Right. He was like, I'm just on Twitter saying I murder people. Yeah. What's up? That was my King Vaughn impersonation. I don't know what he sounds like <laughs> except on raps. <laughs> Although I did listen to his, I did listen to his music. It's good. He actually yeah. has some right, uh, some really pr- pretty good flow oh. with it. So they were nice rap songs about murder. They but, were um, about murder. Though. Oh yeah, okay. and that's okay. the other thing. So when he started recording, he re- he snitched on himself again in the songs and <laughs> talked about it and explained it. And it's just crazy oh good lord so i can't read most of the lyrics of his songs yeah. where he's killing people because of the the nature of the lyrics mm-hmm. 
So I'm just going to say, if you want to listen to King Von's songs, go look them up. His albums are pretty critically acclaimed. He's got a pretty good um, following still. And yeah. actually, it's growing because of the documentary. But some of his tweets that I can read, right, me and Troy, man, we murder for fun. And then he's got another one that says, you ain't boss to me. And that's after he allegedly killed someone named Boss Trell. Mm. So he just like was wow tweeting. Those are ones that I can read. He was like getting street cred. Totally. <laughs> so when he started rapping, he moved to Atlanta to advance his career because that's where a lot of the good rap was coming out of at the yeah. time. And um, there were a lot of producers there. But again, his, his raps contained more confessions. Has he ever heard of Pleading the Fifth? No. <laughs> He's heard He wants to brag about it and wants everyone to know. So this documentary is pretty controversial. It was pulled down for a while. The uh, English dude who narrates the whole story took some parts out because I guess he took the parts out that that YouTube was having a problem with. So he blurred out some faces, blurred out some words, and then they they put it back up and it stayed up for a while. So if you want to see it, you can still see it. It's up as as we're talking right now. Oh, okay. But King Vaughn, even though he moved to Atlanta, he couldn't outrun his gang life because he grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. He couldn't outrun that because yeah. he was gunned down in a parking lot of a hookah lounge. Ooh. And that was in 2020. Yeah. But the police in, in Chicago suspected Vaughn of many of the murders. But again, they couldn't get any cooperating witnesses. Um, so they never arrested him for any of the murders that he confessed to. Oh, wow. Which seems weird to me. It seems like his tweets alone, um, yeah. seems like they would have other ways to connect him to the murders, but yeah. they said they didn't. And, and then the other thing, so I have issue with them calling him Raps for Serial Killer yeah. because serial killers were kind of sneaky and want to be noticed, like the Zodiac Killer mm-hmm. and people like that, but they wouldn't come right out and go, Woohoo, I'm the Zodiac Killer, everybody. I know, right? And, you know, they tip their little hat and do a little tap dance off the side. <laughs> and then the cops come in with a hook and pull them off. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. So I, I don't know if he qualifies as a serial killer, even if he did do yeah. this. Yeah. Or what he, what he admits to, because it feels like it's just out in the open killing and getting away with it. Mm-hmm. So although, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Although I know that, you know, the definition of a serial killer is you have a certain amount of bodies right that are left behind (laughs) it's like hey ma i can't eat breakfast i got a quota it's still very controversial because is he a serial killer in plain sight or was he just a guy that talks a big game yeah so we don't know we do not know but he definitely wanted to be known as that have you heard of king vaughn had you Mm -hmm. heard of him no i hadn't before you brought him up yeah it's pretty interesting that is for a three-hour documentary. Oh, no God. kidding. There's got to be a lot of right. info. Good lord. Ah. <laughs> uh, oh. The soothing sounds. We're getting out of the dark and into the kazoo light. Right. Yeah. Everyone knows that this music signifies the next part of the show. Yep, that's right. It's the Lone Star Salute. Hello. Hello, salute. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we read one-star reviews of albums, concerts. Yep. All music. You want to go? Yeah. This one is actually about mm, the great actor, great musician, Mm -hmm. 
David Hasselhoff. <gasps> the Hoff. The Hoff. I'm telling you. So this is about his album, The Best of David Hasselhoff. And the title of the review is Warning, This is Not a Baywatch DVD. <laughs> so this gentleman said, When I went looking for the best of David Hasselhoff, I of course expected an awesome Baywatch DVD with hot chicks in bathing suits. Mm -hmm. The background of the cover even looks like beach sand. Much to my surprise, this is just a bunch of terrible singing. <laughs> How disappointing. Do not buy this if you are looking for hot chicks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it totally defeated his hopes. Oh. So, you know, the know. Hoff is super popular in Germany, I've heard. I know. Didn't he sing at the wall, the Berlin Wall? Oh, when they were tearing it down? Yeah. It's like, Is that what made it come down, like the walls of Jericho? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he threw out the uh, the Hoff note and, and, <laughs> and made the rock crumbling. crumble. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen the video of uh, David Hasselhoff drunk and eating a cheeseburger while he's laying on the floor? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's one of my favorite videos. God, now I'm going to have to watch it. Oh, dude, it's awesome. His daughter's <laughs> filming him so she can show him. Look what a drunk you are, Dad, or, some, or something yeah. like that. Oh, man. You need to go to rehab and... Some self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Now, what do you have? My Lone Star Salute is about Blondie. Oh, okay. And I think you might remember in the 80s, late 80s, okay. Blondie made an album called Cuckoo. Yes. Okay. So this is about that one. And Starling D.B. wrote this review. Okay. And Starling says, okay, so he starts off by calling this album a curious failure. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, none of the songs are any good. What makes the album unbearable, though, is Harry singing. She enunciates, <laughs> she enunciates at her most affected and painfully displays all the limitations of her voice, oh. sounding like an over-mannered twit in the process. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a painful review. I was like, man. I know. Right? I like Blondie. I'm going to go down. I bought Cuckoo at the time on yeah. vinyl. Yeah. So it was not their best. I agree. Right. But there are albums who are far worse than that. <laughs> but you still have respect for them. Yeah. Again, punk rock hasn't let me down. That's right. Well, you can't please everyone. Right. Oh, that's why there's one-star reviews. Ah, <laughs> uh, not everyone can be happy. All right, so let's review the Jackalope Tales. Yep. So Blondie and Bundy. I mean... Like you said, you always got to go with the punk side. Yeah, I got to go with the punk. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then we had Manson, uh, Charles in Charge. Yep. And, I mean, all of that has been documented. So he was a loon. He may have gotten his ideas screwed up, but it was real to him. I feel so. like that's pretty much written into history, so I think that is real. Yep, I would agree with that. And King Vaughn. Mm. Raps for serial killer. I know. Which way do you go? Because they didn't find him guilty of anything. They didn't. No. So I don't know about this. Uh. It's still up in the air. I think that this one still is yet to be 
proven, yeah. and it w- this will never be proven. I'm just going to tell you right oh, now. Oh, fiddlesticks. I know. Right? Yeah, I think it is just something that's going to go down as urban legend. Yep. So this is a jackalope tale for now until mm-hmm. someone tells us otherwise. Mm-hmm. All right. So thank you for listening. And please check out Jackalope Tales on all the socials. Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And join us next time as we ask the question, is this real or is it a Jackalope Tale? <laughs> <laughs>